I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Insiders, the PowerCat Insiders podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy, Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Travis Tanhill, and the one and only Ryan Black, who appears to be sunburned. Is Ryan Black sunburned or is it just the lighting in your apartment? It's the way the lighting is in my, my apartment. I don't know why that is that way. Man, you look like you've been out at the NASCAR races all weekend. No, 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 no. no. You kind of always look like that Kansas State loses 45 to nil. Throwing a little soccer lingo to the Iowa State Cyclones. A most unexpected outcome in terms of the spread of the game. I don't think anyone saw it coming. Certainly, Iowa State was the better team going in, but I thought it would be a competitive game because these games typically are. Matt and Ryan, you both were there. So, Matt, let's start with you. How dreadful was it? Well, K-State just, you know, uh, they didn't play well. 149 yards of offense is not going to get it done. And, uh, you know, again, K-State's just, they're lacking firepower. They didn't have, you know, Hughes, and they didn't have Sullivan. You're starting linebackers on defense. That didn't help. Malik Knowles didn't travel uh, for COVID reasons. So, you know, K-State just, there wasn't that hop, there wasn't that bounce, but when they did not, when the Cats did not get in the end zone with first and goal inside the five, I just, I immediately thought momentum change, here we go, and then, you know, Iowa State takes it 97 yards in 11 plays, it's 14 nothing, and uh, the Cascade continued from there. Uh, nothing, nothing worked. You have days like that, uh, you know, the I think the football team's having some troubles. They're a little taxed mentally right now. I think they've lost three straight, and this is this is when that grind takes place, especially when you're not winning ball games. And you know, Chris Chris Kleiman challenged the guys afterwards to you know to, to stick together and, and to grow off the field. And you know, there's there's a lot of other things right now than X's and O's that uh, are affecting this this club. Ryan, I. I have noticed this season in not attending games and covering off of television that you get a different feel for things, maybe less of a feel than you do in person, even without a crowd, just kind of being able to survey everything in front of you, the bench and body language and all that, you're kind of at a disadvantage. I thought Iowa State's first third down, right out of the gate. Boom, boom, stop Brees Hall. Oh, give up an easy pass down the middle. Really kind of set a tone for the day and... I think took the energy out of K-State's defense just immediately, just immediately kind of socked them right in the jaw and they didn't respond. Your thoughts after being there? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that that I would point to is, is 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it would have changed the outcome in terms of like making it a K-State win, but if they had actually been able to score, uh, you know, on their first offensive drive, you know, where they ended up going for it on fourth and goal, um, I, I just wonder how things would have been different. Yeah. You know, even if it had been a field goal, I mean, you take some confidence from the fact you scored, but I think the fact that they got, you know, they got stuffed there uh, twice with Will Howard carries on the last two uh, downs, and then the fact that, you know, I mentioned this in, in my, my game story was that, you know, the closest they got after that to the end zone was the 47-yard line of Iowa State, and that was another turnover on downs where they threw it to Briley Moore in his direction, and they didn't pick it up. So um, I'll give Chris Kleiman credit, you know, at least after the game, you know, when I asked him about it, like, is there anything positive you can take from this? He's like, no, <laughs> there's no silver linings when you lose like this. Because I, I do tend to think a lot of coaches, even when they get beat badly, you know, you're like, well, player X, Y, or Z played really well, and we'll take that. But, like, he was like, nope. Nothing positive out of this one. So, I mean, I give him credit for his candor. Travis, give us the feeling for a locker room when these kind of things happen and the skid starts and and how difficult is it as a team leader to try to manage your teammates? I mean, I mean, football is hard enough to play. And when you're winning, it's great. I mean, there's nothing more fun than being on a winning football program and watch, you know, watching the season progress and watching that season build week after week and you know every game gets more and more intense but when you're losing man it is it's not fun and that locker room really can fall apart pretty quickly um you know coach climate hasn't had a whole lot of experience you know managing losing programs so um, i'm curious to kind of see how he's handling that that locker room and how he's kind of holding those those players together because it's i mean these are 18 19 22 year old kids i mean the fingerprint pointing can start um you know without good leadership things start to spiral pretty quickly just because, uh, you know, it's not fun to lose and, and guys get frustrated and uh, fingers start getting pointed. So hopefully that's not, you know, I don't foresee any of that happening currently. Um, you know, obviously the some guys leaving is, is worrisome, but hopefully the guys that are still in that locker room are all on board and Coach Kleiman's keeping them all together. Matt, Coach uh, kind of sidestepped this a little bit when I asked him earlier today on the uh, Big 12 teleconference about the players departing and how it's impacting the locker room. But the guys in the postgame Zoom mentioned it, that it's gotten to be a distraction. Um, it's worrisome right now with, with all the transfers. Is it uh, impacting this team mentally as along with physically because they're just running out of players at certain positions, particularly in the, maybe the safety spot with so many transfers? Yeah, that's that's what I was referencing somewhat earlier is that, you know, it's more than X's and O's with this team right now. And, you know, when, when you compound that with the COVID issues that took some players out of the picture for Saturday's game, you know, K-State just is lacking, as I said, they're lacking firepower. Uh, you know, I just, last week I know I talked about wide receivers and, I just I kept looking at the stat sheet last week, and I don't mean after the game. I mean leading into the game. You know, Malik Knowles has six catches, and we're knocking on Thanksgiving. Well, again, he wasn't able to to travel for COVID reasons, but you know, I, and maybe I, I look at this a little bit differently. Uh, and and this is maybe a time where again Travis can fire in. Is I I am looking at the young men that have decided to go into the transfer portal and walk out on their teammates maybe a little bit differently than some others. 
um, is it, is it worrisome? I mean, yeah, ten, ten's a big number. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, you know, I, I go back a few years where Kansas State had some difficulties in the baseball program because two straight years, they literally lost their freshman classes. And they're still on the verge of trying to recover. But, you know, what Chris Kleiman said, and I don't know it word for word, but, you know, everybody has their own reason. You know, he is, he's not gone after one young man that's decided to do what he has. Some have done it for COVID reasons. Some have done it for, my guess is, they see somebody taking their, their snaps and their reps away and they've decided, well, you know, somebody's already beaten me out, so I'm going to go find someplace else to play. And I, I would be frustrated if I'm in that locker room because dudes are walking out for selfish reasons. And that maybe that's not everybody, but it's, it's got to be aggravating. Chris Kleiman's not showing it. It's got to be aggravating to all the kids. They're not really showing it in the public. Um, so it, it is an odd year, but you know what? From A to Z, the guys that are walking out, you know, it's it's not like K State is KU, right? It's not like they've won one Big Twelve road game in the last two decades. So, in my opinion, it, it's probably got to do with recruiting. And maybe somebody will say, oh, K-State's gone after the wrong kids in the last year or two. Whatever it is, to me, there's the – Chris Kleiman's going to get what he wants in that locker room, and then it's it's going to go the right direction. There's not one doubt in my mind. This is a, an early hiccup. It's a new regime. Uh, things happen. I think it becomes a concern and a worry, Fitz and Travis and Ryan. If you see this again in another year or two – but who knows if, you know, COVID's not going to be around forever and all these options for these players probably aren't going to be around forever. But they're, hey, it's not just going to be handed to you. Life's not easy. Playing college football is not easy. Suck it up. If somebody beats you out, be a grown-up about it and do what you have to do to try and beat them out. I mean, to me, the, yeah, I'm going to get going. I may talk for the next 45 minutes, but, you know, fans jumping off the bandwagon, whatever. It's a, to me, it's an anomaly. It's going to get fixed, and the right guys are going to be in that locker room, and it's going to take a little bit more time, and then get ready because really good things are going to happen. I would agree with all that. This is the PowerCat Insiders Podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend 4000 or more on a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State-owned and K-State-operated. Hey, speaking of owning it, you know, K-State's just got to own this loss, Ryan Black. They just have to figure out how to move ahead with this. Is this the type of loss at 45 to nothing that you can see just kind of ending their season? I mean, it can just have that kind of impact on you? Um, no. I, okay. I would say no, mainly because of the, the, the team in question. You know, I mean, Iowa State is a very good team. I mean, they're – uh, you know, basically in position to play in the Big 12 championship. Looks like it's going to basically come down to them, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. So I, I think that it's one of those things where you just look at it and say, well, 
obviously K-State didn't come close to playing its best. And even his best might have not might not have been good enough to win Saturday, given how good Iowa State is. So that, that that's why I would say Fitz, it, it's more like if that had been KU that had somehow won forty five zero, then yeah, I don't know how you come back from that. <laughs> or even if it had been if they lose like that to Baylor True. this weekend, then yeah, I'd say well, you know, pack pack up the tent, you know, it just you know just playing out the string of this now, but I, I will say that, and I know I guess we'll probably get into it in a little bit, but it does seem like outside of KU, Baylor is the best team that K-State could play right now coming off a loss like that. I mean, considering that Baylor has not won a game since they won their opener against KU, they're on a five game losing streak. So uh, you would think if K-State is going to get back on track, it, it would be this weekend. And yet Baylor opened as a five or four and a half point favorite. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Travis, yeah. Um, Iowa State is good. I knew Iowa State was good. They've had, uh, you know, a loss to Louisiana, a competitive game with Oklahoma State, which Kansas State also had. I thought Iowa State was unbelievable on Saturday. That was the most motivated, um, precise performance by an Iowa State football team that I've seen in a long, long time. Maybe going back to Seneca Wallace, and honestly, I can't remember a game like that. They came out wanting it and executing everything almost perfectly. Yeah, I mean, they really – it almost felt like that was a decade of frustration just kind of built up and losing a lot of close games that they probably shouldn't have lost and just not you know, being able to, to get the W at the end of the day. So it, it almost felt like it was all those years – they, they came up against a below-average K-State team, a team that's kind of, uh, you know, been kicked a little bit this year and fighting all the adversity that we just mentioned. And, you know, they took advantage of it. They weren't going to let any doubt. Uh, you know, they have great senior leadership and um, within that team. Brock Purdy played exceptionally well. I, I do think he's a little, you know, he's a little overrated. But, you know, this last week he proved it. So, you know, props to him. He played the one of the better games I've seen him play. I mean, you look across the board, I mean, there's nothing they couldn't do. I mean, every single play. Um, it seemed like, you know, every run play was getting five, seven, eight yard chunks. Every pass play was working. So, um, th- those are fun games when you're on that side of the ball, uh, when everything's working and the play calls are working and you just feel like you can pretty much do whatever you want at will. Um, when you're on the, the flip side of that coin, you know, they're, they're long days. So, but, you know, props to Iowa state. It's been a decade of, of Kansas state kind of having their number. Um, and, and they came out and, and really left no doubt. Cause like you said, if K-State goes down, scores that first drive next thing you know, it's a close ball game and K-State finds a way to. Uh, squeak out a game they probably shouldn't win again against an Iowa State team. But uh, this year, you know, with great leadership and Brock Purdy playing as well as he did, I mean, there was no doubt from early on. Matt, they did a great job at Brees Hall for a couple snaps. And then all, well, hell broke loose. I mean, Brees Hall was a man on Saturday. And I knew he was good, but I thought K-State's defense would stand up a little bit more uh, sternly to his ability, but boy, he's good. He, he really set a tone for Iowa State. Yeah, what he's done in his first couple of seasons in Ames is impressive. He has improved dramatically from his high school career at Wichita Northwest, and he was obviously pretty good then because he got he got recruited by Power Fives. You know, Kansas State at that time was in a position where they really couldn't recruit him because Coach Snyder was going out. K State hadn't hired anybody, so Brees Hall was you know. Uh, a good target for Iowa State. He's impressive to watch. He's added some weight. He is strong. His patience when he runs is really what jumped out at me. You know, he's not in a hurry. He finds the hole, and when it is time to go, 
he can kick it in gear. And usually one guy's not going to bring him down. So, to you know, right now, Brees Hall is the best running back in the Big 12. Chuba Hubbard's not at 100%. So, you know, all things being equal, um, those two guys stand out. But, uh, well, I tell you, Brees Hall is fun to watch. And, you know, again, you, you think about the firepower. And at some point, you know, K-State will, you would think they're going to have tight ends like Iowa State does. Is How Iowa State uses those guys, you know, Kohler and company is impressive. And Iowa State's got a couple guys on defense, and that's a defense that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. McDonald coming off the edge. They've got a couple good guys in the secondary as well. And, you know, Travis said that Iowa State could do nothing wrong. And after they went 97 yards in 11 plays, you could just feel what was coming and, you know, uh, you tip your cap to them. And if it's if it's Iowa State, Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, that's going to be a hell of a game. I would I would pay good money to go watch that thing because that's going to be a hell of a game. I don't know if you could pay money to see that game. I'm not sure they're going to have a crowd. So there, take that. Ryan Black, uh, Trav mentioned it. I'm not a huge Brock Purdy fan. Not that I think he's bad. I just think he's inconsistent and maybe a little overvalued. Holy cow, he was money on Saturday, putting the ball wherever they needed it. Sometimes had open receivers, but a couple of those touchdown grabs were darn good throws and catches. No, I mean, I was I was extremely, extremely impressed with him. And like I said, I'm not saying that – like I said, that's not the quarterback who's been playing week to week to week, but – it was just one of those days where just about literally just about every single throw was on the money. I mean, he, cause what he finished 80%, 16 to 20. Um, you know, I think it's just, it's just one of those games that, you know, like I said, K state just has to kind of shrug its shoulders and, and move on from, cause it just like, and that's why, you know, like, again, Fitz, that's why I mentioned, even if K state had played better, I, I don't. I don't think it would have mattered in terms of it. Again, they wouldn't have got shut out, but I still don't think they would have won. I kind of agree with you. After seeing the level of motivation with which Iowa State played and focused, I'm not sure K State had the weapons to keep that game close. Even uh, if they had scored, I think Iowa State still was going to cover the spread if that's important, which I thought was too high at 11. You know, and Fitz, I'll, I will say this too, because I mean, I'm never a person who ever says that thing, well, a team quit, or you could tell this or that. What I will say is a credit to Iowa State because you could tell you could tell how fired up and motivated they were just after plays and stuff. And you could just tell for whatever reason, it just K-State did not seem to have that same fire. I want to ask Travis a question right quick. We're backtracking, Trav, but let's, let's hypothetically say that you are a junior or a senior, which would mean that you had most likely Coach Snyder and now Coach Kleiman as your head coach. And you have two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, ten dudes in this situation that are saying they're out. Whether they're opting out for the season, whether they're going into the portal, whatever the case. I want you didn't have to deal with anything like that. Your teams didn't have to deal anything uh, with, with deal with things like that, but. I want to know how a teammate takes that. And if you're a junior or a senior and you're a leader on the team, are, are you, you, do you find out about it and you're calling, calling these guys? I, I want to know how this is dealt with or how you think it's dealt with. I mean, 
Yeah, whenever a guy's transfer, I mean, like you said, thankfully, you know, we never had anyone of, um, you know, extreme, you know, guys transfer and quit all the time. I and mean, it's, you know, your freshman class, you end up with about 30% of you are there by the time you're seniors, it seems like. So, but I mean, yeah, if you're a senior or a junior, I mean, you're a, a lot of times you don't even know. You just come, you just show up to the locker room and their locker's cleaned out and you find out, oh, shoot, you know, so-and-so quit, so-and-so hung it up, so-and-so decided to transfer, and, and, and that's the end of it. And you kind of actually go to the locker and try to steal a pair of shorts. But, um, but <laughs> I mean, other, you know, those conversations are happening within, um, you know, those roommate-type type cells. Uh, you know, if you're roommates with two or three other football players, you know those guys are having those conversations. I mean, and, and not to, you know, it's tempting because, I mean, shoot, I remember, you know, me and a – I mean, everyone has it come across your mind. You're frustrated, you're tired, you're in pain. Um, you're not winning and I shoot, I started and there's times that I wanted to quit. So, I mean, I, I get it, but you just can't let yourself be a quitter and you have to have a good enough, um, you know, support system around you where you're just, you know, the answer is absolutely not. Never. You, you signed up for this and you're going to finish it through. And if you, and especially, I think it's huge that there's really no consequences for transferring this year. If, if there's consequences for transferring like normal, we're not having any of this, any of these issues. And two, I want to I want to know, and it's impossible to know, but I mean, if Skyler's still the quarterback, I think we're not having hardly any of these issues at all. I mean, he was that obvious leader on that team, and taking him out of the system, um, you know, he's still around the building, but you know, he's not on the field, so that's making a huge difference. I think if Skyler stays healthy, if none of these, um, you know, if there's still consequences for transfer, I think most of these guys are sticking around. So I'm with you, Matt. I don't think it's a huge long-term issue, um, but short-term, I mean. If you're a senior or a junior on that team, you got to do whatever you can because when those guys are having those conversations prior to, I mean, you walk into the coach's office and you say you quit. I mean, there's not much going back from that. Or you decide you're going to transfer. There's not much. Hey, just kidding, coach. Call them the next day. You know, they don't really want you back if they know you're not on board. So um, you got to be able to shut down those conversations and shut down those thoughts before they actually walk into that coach's office and 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 quit or, or decide to transfer. Ryan uh, does yeah. the existence of the transfer portal and the fact that the media finds out who's in the transfer portal magnify this like travis said that this has happened but guys just disappeared and certainly with coach snyder you just didn't know he didn't share it with anyone he might have mentioned to the team but the media didn't know he just had to notice that a guy was gone even though he was still in the roster still in the you know the web version of the roster it was never updated the portal makes it obvious makes it public and it seems to magnify the impact of these transfers. True or not? Well, I, I definitely think, like you're saying, it, it it does make it more public. I mean, I do think, you know, fits with the advent of Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. We do have a better idea because a lot of times, you know, you'll have the guy who's transferring saying, I'm opening back up my recruitment, da 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 you know. And uh, so I do think there is more – known about it now for sure but I, I i do think the fact that you know just with the various social media platforms out there that's usually how you find i mean that from what i recall that's how i remember you know hearing about other guys transferring like i mean for instance like uh before the trip well i guess maybe the transfer had started but i'm, I'm trying to remember because it launched what was it like october 15 2018 so i'm trying to think a guy who would have transferred before that but i'm always positive uh, you know, one of them would have posted some kind of like parting note uh, to K-State or something like yeah. that. But I will say like, it does make it a lot easier for media and fans to track it like in one 
like thing because I don't think we used to maybe track. Um, basically, if you want to track the transfers, you had to keep that yourself. But now, if you go to you know your website twenty four seven, they have a, like for every team. Here's who's in the transfer portal. I mean, so yeah. I mean, if nothing else, uh, your your company specifically has made it extremely easy for other media members and fans to track how many guys are in the portal. It is. I'm going to say a joke that 680-ish young men are in the transfer portal. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. There's no way they're going to all find new programs. There's there's not going to be those kind of openings, particularly in a year when nobody else's eligibility counted. So scholarships are going to be short. They're just going to be short. Uh, not just next year, but ongoing because everyone will be a year behind of where they should be. There's going to be a lot of guys that end up either not playing football again or playing at a much lower level than they thought when they transferred from Kansas State University. I, I can think of one guy on this team that might end up at a power five that's in the portal. His name's Josh Youngblood, and I still don't think he will. I still don't think he will because he hasn't proven himself as a receiver. We will see. We'll see how all that plays out, and I hope to have more of that uh, coverage at GoPowerCat.com in terms of what this means for Kansas State and uh, how to read the impact of what's going on right now with the Kansas State football roster. Well, we're going to move on from a 45 nothing defeat. We're, we're done talking about it, and after the break, we're going to look ahead to Baylor and Texas, the two remaining games on K-State's football schedule and take a little peek at basketball as the Wildcats open on the hardwood Wednesday afternoon. Yes, you heard it. Afternoon, 1 p.m. game against Drake as they open up the Little Apple Classic to tip off the 2020-21 basketball season for whatever it will be when it's all played out. We'll be back in a little bit on the Powercat Insiders podcast sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Powercat Insiders Podcast. Go Powercats, Tim Fitzgerald, joined by Matt Walters of the K-State Radio Network, Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury, and Travis Tannehill, the former tight end for the Wildcats and occasional color commentator. I sometimes have Travis just come over to the house and color commentate what I'm doing around the house. It's kind of cool. He'll do anything like that for money. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Matt Baylor, that game gets magnified by so much right now. Not, not just because they need a win, but they need to fight back, don't they? They need to show some fight. We'll see if K-State put it on the shelf and forgot about it. You know, it's a, it's a holiday week, so that throws a couple of kinks into the schedule uh, and so forth. But, you know, the kids don't have to worry about studies necessarily this week. So it's all football. Baylor's, you know, Baylor had success up in Ames. They didn't win the ball game, but they did a lot of good things. Charlie Brewer didn't necessarily help matters um, on that Saturday a couple of weeks ago, but uh, as always, Baylor's athletic. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for, for K-State. And, uh, again, I think with with not knowing who will be back and who can play for the Cats, the margin for error will be very small. And K-State, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to double-check, but I think now in the last three games, K-State's turned it over seven times. And that's just not, not going to help K-State win in Waco. No. Ryan, how badly they need to bounce back here? Well, I mean, it's just what you said earlier, Fitz. I mean, if they if they lose Saturday, you know, you do find it at least I say you in a general sense find it hard to believe that they could then come back and and rally the troops and circle the wagons, whatever you want to say, and beat Texas. I, I, so I don't ever like saying must win game. I mean, must win game is if you're in like an elimination kind of format and football for the most part outside the playoffs not that but i mean they could badly 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 lose a, i mean uh a, they badly 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 need a win saturday to avoid what we talked about on this podcast i guess i'm trying to remember how long ago but basically it was like could they end this regular season on a five game skid which i mean you lose saturday and that seems like it's a probability not a possible a probability so yeah they 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 really need to try to get back in the win column Saturday for sure. Travis Baylor's struggling. I think it was said before. Uh, other than Kansas, this is the team you want. But Baylor has some players. Baylor has shown some signs this year of being a pretty decent football team, and I think they they may possibly be improving as the season goes on because they were struck by the inability to have spring football and all of that stuff with a new coaching staff made it even worse for the Bears. How challenging is this game just from an X's and O's standpoint for Kansas State? I mean, yeah, you look at – I mean, I even feel like this Kansas State team is still behind the curve a little bit in year two, missing out on spring ball um, and some of the summer prep. So I can't imagine, you know, kind of what Baylor's trying to go through. Um, I mean, it's just got to be – it's just got to be hard, got to be difficult. I know how much I knew as a freshman having, you know, three or four months of, of preparation. Um, so to have an entire new system, entire new staff, it's got to be very, very difficult um, for, for those guys just to be able to go out there and run, you know, even 60% of their offense. So, um, but like you said, I mean, you know, 
talent wise, you know, they always, they always find a way to get some guys down there. Um, you know, Charlie Brewer's still there having a down year, but, but overall, um, you know, he's, he's a nice player. So there's a lot of guys on that team that, um, you know, if they can put it together and put a good game plan together and get some, get some, uh, get some of that offense, um, implemented, you know, th- they can be dangerous, but until that happens and they're still behind the eight ball, um, you know, hopefully this Kansas state team can come out and compete and, uh, you know, time will tell, but you know, in this type of season where they didn't get much spring ball, they didn't get much summer ball, you know, every week, if they can continue to improve, continue to improve, you know, obviously last week of the season versus first week of the season, they're going to look a lot different just because these reps they're getting throughout the week and in the game are so, so valuable and so important. Matt, it doesn't matter who K-State plays. They're going to have to find a way to move the ball, score, and honestly, even if they don't score, possess the ball for enough time to let the defense remain fresh because it all snowballs. When you don't move the ball, the defense is stranded. Special teams played okay on Saturday. They had some decent returns, but nothing definitive in special teams. It just kind of all fell apart when the offense doesn't move the ball. And like you said, you know, they only had 87 yards after that first 62-yard drive. You go for 149 in a game, you're not helping your defense. You're not scoring, but you're not helping your defense, and it leads to 45 to nothing. Yeah, you're killing your defense, and, and Kansas State's got to find a way to to convert uh, on third down. They've got to find a way to get themselves into those third and three, third and four situations, which they haven't been. You know, they have to continue to, you know, eliminate – mistakes and, and penalties you know Kansas State uh, has at times this year been you know been a heavily penalized football team uh, you know is it going to be Will Howard is it going to be Nick Ost that gets the start on Saturday there, there's one thing that that and this this wasn't going to help K-State win the game but there's one thing in particular with Will Howard that I, I want to see how it changes from year one to year two and that is the speed at which he throws the football. Because I'll tell you, when Nick Ost threw his first pass down the middle of the field, it had been a while since I'd really seen Nick let one go, and he let it go, and it and it got there in a hurry. And Will doesn't have the great arm strength at the moment. He might. That's something I think he needs to work on next year is, you know, getting a little, a little zip on the football. Um, you know, K-State's not been able to get Deuce going. It's easy for the defense to to lock in on one guy. I mean, Iowa State had multiple guys just locked in on him because there's not a threat on the edge. And, you know, the the creativity of the offensive coaches, whether it's Mess or whomever, that, that's I think that'll partly be on display come Saturday because K-State's got to be uber creative and give Baylor some things they haven't seen. And Travis, the lack of targets for Briley Moore, the way he kind of got shoved aside on that interception tells me he's not healthy. He was playing despite the fact that back's still bothering him. Honestly, they got to have him. They, they've got to have Briley Moore as a pass at, uh, receiving threat or teams are just going to take away Deuce Vaughn and say, what you got? Because they didn't got much. I mean, yeah, and even, you know, honestly – Deuce and Briley's not enough. I mean, we, we need mm-hmm. a third guy, and, and and we don't have it. So, um, yeah, you absolutely need Briley out there. I mean, back injuries are tough to play through. I mean, they, they hurt like heck, and you, you kind of lose. It's not just a pain, suck it up thing. A lot of times you you lose some strength. You lose uh, some mobility, you know, in, in your extremities. And just, you know, everything goes through your core and your back. So, 
Um, you know, props to him for getting it out. Like you said, I, I don't think he was 100% healthy. Hopefully, one more week of um, uh, you know treatment and, and rehab can can make him feel. If he was, I don't know, if he was 70%, maybe he'll be 85% uh, this week with another five or six days of uh, of treatment and preparation. Because, like you, I mean, yeah, Deuce has been quiet lately. Um, Riley was quiet last week. I mean, they got to at least have a one-two punch because um, I, I'm for certain we don't have a, a, a one-two-three punch. So with just a one punch and Deuce Vaughn, that's uh that's not a very scary offense to the game the game plan against. No, that is the Chuck Chuck Wepner of college football offenses. If anyone gets that time dated reference, Ryan Black, we had a Zoom teleconference for basketball today. Hoops is scheduled to tip off Wednesday at Bramlage Coliseum. K State takes on Drake in a one p.m. game. Colorado and South Dakota play later that night inside Bramlage Coliseum, and then K State will play Colorado on Friday night. Uh, Hoops is here. Um, I'm not sure how much basketball we're actually going to play this season, but it looks like K-State's going to get this thing started with a couple games. I just don't even know what to expect. I'm just hoping for some signs of progress and hope for the future for this team because this is a painfully young basketball team, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see see K-State get on the floor just because, I mean, literally – uh, every player on the roster outside of the three sophomores, Dejuan Gordon, Antonio Gordon, Montavious Murphy, and then the senior, Mike McGurl, every other player is brand new. Every other player is someone who we haven't seen play before. So I, I'm just fascinated to see what they look like. I mean, I've heard a lot of positives about Nigel Pack. I thought he was extremely impressive when we got to talk to him on Zoom. You could tell he's an extremely sharp kid. Uh, Selton Miguel, Siri Lewis, I mean – you can just go down the line. I mean, I, I'm excited to see a lot of these kids play. But like I said, I think just the fact that um, bringing in that many new guys who have not played together before, it uh, it's definitely going to be a lot like last season where, you know, trying to replace that, that amazing senior trio they had, it really was a work in progress from the jump, and they just never – they, they, they just never found the cohesiveness that they needed. And I'm, I'm of the opinion, Fitz, because I know it's easy to look back at last season and say – you know, they set the all-time record for losses in the season. Now, granted, of course, they do play more games now than they did in the 40s or 50s or what have you. But if they had just been able to win a few of those close games in non-conference play that they lost, I, I mean, I, I don't think they end up having the kind of losing streak they did in the middle of the season. Uh, and so I'm just saying things could have maybe been not drastically different, but it wouldn't have looked nearly as bad as it, as it ended up being by the end of the season. No, it kind of fell apart. Uh, and Matt, the team just wasn't very cohesive next year. As best we can tell from Zoom teleconferences, this team seems cohesive. They seem to really like each other. They've been working hard. But when you got 10 guys that are freshmen or sophomores out of 12 scholarship players, you're about as young as you can be. Only one returner uh, from the, you know, that has more than one year experience in Mike McGurl. It's just incredible how young this team is. Oh, and by the way, the Big 12 is loaded. So hmm. it's it's going to be a journey, isn't it? And hopefully we'll see some good signs against Drake and Colorado. I don't know what we're going to see. Drake and Colorado are pretty good opponents. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, it's I'm like, I'm like Ryan. I'm very interested to watch Nigel Pack. I'm really curious to see what Davion Bradford is like down in the lane. Um you know, a skilled seven-foot guy because K-State has really struggled inside for some time. 
you know, they're going to take some lumps. There's no doubt. They're going to have some really rough nights. It's probably going to be a start and stop season again, unlike anything they've ever dealt with before. So it's, um, it's a case of roll it out there. Let's go. And, you know, Bruce Weber and his staff will have to exercise a little bit more patience in some regards, but they're also going to have to, you know, they're also going to have to stay after these guys because they're going to have to continue to, to, to bust it and play very, very hard. But the big, the big 12 is a handful this year. It really is. Ryan, it was kind of interesting for me. I, I was really excited about Selton McGill. I want to see him play. And then, then I kind of shifted to Nigel Pack. You know, I mean, he's going to be the starting point guard as a freshman. And now I'm just fascinated with Davion Bradford because they are raving about him. And we had him on the Zoom call today. Um, he was impressive. I mean, I've, these guys, when they come into these uh, media conference situations, are handling themselves very well. I do hope someone told Davion that he didn't have an 1130 class because it's Thanksgiving holiday break. I mean, he had to leave the, you- had to leave the teleconference for a class. I'm like, it's break right now. I don't think you have class, but that's okay. I hope he didn't show up to class. What did you think of when he uh, was asked about who's impressed him the most? And then he just literally basically went down every player on the roster. I mean, I was, I was very impressed with how, uh, how his son, he, he was just, I guess because I'm just so used to, you know, just a lot of guys being kind of more of the silent, not talkative types, more like, you know, Mac was last year, Michael Moyne. But man, like, you know, Bradford is, uh, like I said, you can tell he's he's an extremely smart, insightful kind of kid. And so, yeah, and it's also, uh, right, this is going to be the first time K-State's had a legitimate seven-footer in a while. I mean, they haven't had one since I've been here that I know of. No, it, uh, it, it hasn't. They haven't had one. They haven't had one forever. I mean, Matt, you know the history of K-State basketball. Boy, I got a dog going wild. You know the history of K-State sure. basketball. It. Big men have never come to Manhattan, Kansas. I know one because I had to write a bio. Nick the Stick was like oh, seven one. Or Nick six. Pino, yep. Nick, that you're going way I back for that. I had to write his obit, so uh, that's, that's what I know off the top of my head. K State's had some good big guys. It's just been forever since they've had big guys that could produce and were, you know, consistent. They have they've missed on a lot of post players, but again, I roll it out there. Let's go. There aren't there aren't a lot of expectations. They don't need to worry about the pressure. Just again, bust your tail every day, get better, and go see what happens. Well, um, you know, going back to what you said about Bradford's answers, he really struck me. He answered like a coach. Yeah, he was talking about not just boy, he can really score. He was talking about the things all of his teammates need to work on and what they need to do. I was like, this is a great evaluation of the team. I'm yep. not sure how his teammates are going to feel about that, but um, I was impressed, and everyone's saying they are just kind of blown away by how advanced his game is uh, for yep. a guy. And talk about self-awareness. Even he admitted, well, I've been going against the same guys. Now, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see what, yep. what happens in this game when I go against someone else. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a, a fascinating basketball season on many levels. Most Notably, because guys, I don't think they're going to play a lot of basketball. I, I mean, we saw Duke is already out of their first game. Uh, we've seen other teams having to cancel. One contact exposure with a teammate that might have COVID eliminates your entire roster. And if you have a COVID outbreak, it eliminates your team for like three weeks. I don't know how we're going to get in a much basketball this season. Fitz, have you seen the Big 12 guideline about this now? No, what is it officially? 
It was that if you have six available players, they say you, you play. That's crazy, man. I mean, it's six. You got one guy off the bench. You got to get ready to play some long minutes. Get six. Yeah, exactly. Six scholarship players. That, they need to get in that Barry Brown conditioning. Man, I, I'm a little shocked by that. I thought they might go six scholarship, seven total, you know, for with walk-ons. But, no, it's six scholarship mm-hmm. and you got to go. So, if your walk-ons are out, too. Oh, man. And with Big 12 hey, officials. Ollie, you're in there. I know. With Big 12 officials. I've got my team on the floor. You know, it's going to be the four guys. That's all I got, man. Uh, This is going to be a weird season. It just is going to be a weird, weird season. But I'm happy that we're going to get it started. I'm happy we're going to see how it goes because I'd much rather plunge into it and then have to slow it up than just put it off like we saw some football conferences do because that was a mistake. Uh, And now they may not get in a whole lot of football. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we might be looking, you know, guys, at the potential that, uh, uh, you know, like one of the walk-ons, Drew Honus, gets a start or something. It's going to be – it's just like, this is just going to be one of those absolute just crazy seasons. And I guess, like you said, I'm – I guess I just hope for the, the sake of, of a lot of programs and, and also just instead of like basketball as a whole, they don't have to cancel the tournament again because, you know, last year was like a, th- a $300 million-plus hit. And they can't afford to not have it again. No, no, that was that was awful. I wish they had delayed and maybe had some form of it. I'll throw this out there, guys, and this is me just literally spitballing and know it all insight. I think what potentially might happen is, and again, this could potentially upset a lot of people, but you might see an NCAA tournament that goes back to like a smaller field, or they and get they, such a they get such a little. Um, sample size from games played they go huge yeah and that's the other possible and you know just started earlier than normal i don't know i i hope we get there i mean let's be honest last march and april without the basketball tournament stunk among everything else going on it stunk uh but i am matt to bring this kind of full circle i am more optimistic this season than i was last I think I was one of the few people that really saw trouble on the horizon. I didn't see the level of trouble they had within that locker room, but they did have issues from beginning to end. I'm optimistic that we're going to see some hope. They might be 10th place, but if they're 10th place and look more competitive and look more passionate about playing K-State basketball, I'm in, man. I'm good. Totally agree. You know, the locker room has been cleaned up, Um, not necessarily just – for COVID reasons, but if they're together and they're playing and they care about one another, they're going to, again, they're going to take it on the chin some nights. They're going to scare some people, you would think. Um, you know, they, they you want to see them be healthy. You don't want to see some of the key guys yeah. out. So that's also going to be part of the challenge. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this team. Like I've said, all I know is I might need to reach out to the people at the Waco Tribune, and when they run their preview coverage for men's and women's basketball, they need to have their hammer be loaded for bear. Oh, that's nice. I think yeah, you should do that. They're going to be really. I mean, they're really. They're. I mean, they. They're. They've been the dominant Big Twelve women's program for a while now, but I think, I think their men's team should be the favorite to win the championship, that's like crazy. the national championship. Yep, they're number one in the coaches' poll. Gonzaga's number one in the AP poll. I know that because my buddy Scott Chasen told me that. I'm not following the basketball polls for some reason. Huh, I don't know. Um, Guys, I appreciate it very much. It's going to be a very interesting basketball season. The healthiest team's going to win games. 
stay healthy, stay away from COVID, stay away from people with COVID, play your games, get your time in, uh, and you will have some success in this season because you're going to go up against some short-handed teams, and we'll see how that plays out for Kansas State. Again, the Cats tip off 1 p.m. on Wednesday. That game's on ESPNU, right, Matt? ESPNU, it is. Basketball season is here. Football season continues Saturday at Waco, a night game for the first time this season. Man, I'm going to have to stay up late. I'm not used to that, guys. It's not good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We will talk to you next week. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast. And, hey, if you've got basketball eligibility and you're a K-State student and you're pretty good, just call Bruce up see if he needs a practice body. You might end up getting to play because they might have only six scholarship players in some game. You never know. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.